Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 326 of the Fun With Cars Motorsports Podcast, or episode 13 of 2022. I'm Robin Warner, and it is Thursday morning, May 19th, and I have an interview with Arrow McLaren SP IndyCar driver Pato O'Ward. But first, let me quickly go through the results of the IndyCar race and IMSA race from the last weekend. Starting with IMSA, it was a great, great win for Ricky Taylor and Wayne Taylor Racing. It was just very competitive between the Acuras and the Cadillacs in the DPI category. But midway through the race, Ricky Taylor was able to put down this crazy pass on his former teammate, Ranga Vanderzander, off of the back straight into madness and hold on and take the win. So that is two wins in a row for Wayne Taylor Racing, Laguna Seca, and now Mid-Ohio. And it is official that talking with me before those two races was good luck. So I take 75% of the credit for Wayne Taylor Racing's last two victories. Go us. Um, It was also great to see Juan Pablo Montoya win in the LMP2 category. And BMW actually took a 1-2 in the GTD category with its M4. However, it was with two different teams, Turner Motorsports and Paul Miller Racing. Moving on to IndyCar, it was a Saturday race, May 14th, and it was crazy with these mixed conditions. Wet, then drying, and then wet again, and it was just barely controlled chaos. At the end, it was Colton Herta taking the win for Andretti Autosport, followed by friend of the show, Simon Paginot. Will Power took the final step of the podium, finishing third. Pato Award finished that race 19th, but that does not at all explain his race. Award was running in front for much of the race and actually even led five laps. But he was on slick tires in extremely wet conditions and he was forced to pit with just a few minutes of the race remaining, sending him down the field. But there's so much more to learn about Pato Award and his time at Aero McLaren SP, what he's looking forward to with the 500, and just learning a little bit more about this young Mexican IndyCar driver. So let me go to my interview right now. Pato Award, driver of the Aero McLaren SP IndyCar. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm doing well, doing very well. It's always good to talk with an IndyCar driver. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you on your fantastic win at Barber Motorsports Park earlier this year. It was was a great race, really well done. How was that race from your perspective? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was a really, really good way to start the month of May, uh, the busiest month of the year that then leads us to to basically – everyone's championship run right i mean we, we've got five weeks of of uh of non-stop stuff on track at very different places um you know five weeks of of in four races in between those five weeks the other one is the qualifying of the biggest race uh for us in the calendar and and yeah man that's that's basically it we're just really really looking forward to the the indy 500 which is the next one, and then on and so forth from there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're going to get to that for sure. But I, I first, <laughs> I read your bio on IndyCar.com, and it said that you love Ego Waffles and Sushi. And yeah. I was like, together? Uh... No, not together. <laughs> okay. Not together. Yeah, we're... separate. Sadly, sadly, I don't get to eat Egos as much as I... 
as as I'd like, just because well, not, they're not the healthiest of options. No, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, I need to <laughs> I need to lay off of those uh, many times. But yeah, I'm a big sushi fan. It's it's funny because you know sushi can be really healthy, but it can also be extremely unhealthy, like calorie dense, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you get good sushi, it's it's hard to beat, isn't it? Yeah, I, man. I I spent a lot of time in Japan in nineteen, and 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 I've always really been a big just sushi and Japanese food fan. Um, so yeah, yeah. and that, that was your time uh, racing Super Formula, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Japan is such a fantastic car and racing culture to, on top of Yeah, it's itself. beautiful countries. It's probably my favorite country out of, uh, you know, out of Mexico and, and the U.S. Just from any any other country that I've visited that isn't where I've spent most of my time, it's it's Japan. I think the culture is is um is really different and very unique and the food is just unbelievable yeah 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 absolutely but again i mean just as you mentioned there i mean mexican racing culture is really unique and fantastic interesting and mexican food come on ah man i mean it's it's hard it's hard for more than a few days to go by without a good taco so yeah mexican that's my favorite all-time food mexican like mexican food in mexico is just unbelievable it's so good well and you know racing culture in mexico is different i mean there's there's different sects of it of course but you know i went down uh, a few years ago to baja to see uh to see some of that go on and my god i mean the racing culture there is just so cool and insane um but totally different from road racing. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. But uh let's get back to road racing. I don't mean to uh veer off topic too much. You survived <laughs> a crazy race at the Indy Road Circuit. Um and it started off really well. I mean, you were one of the top qualifiers, you were leading the race for a little while, but those wet and drying conditions, whether you're on slicks or not, and you're racing on part of the oval in the wet. That's all of it was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy, man. We, um, it, it stung. It, it stung because I did everything to put us in a position to, to, to win. And I, I just guess mother nature had different plans for, for, uh, for our slick tire choice. And, and we, we were eight minutes from, um, from taking another victory this year, which which obviously stings and um it was a, a little bit of a of a tough pill to swallow, but we've turned the page. We're looking forward to the five hundred. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you just have to turn the page. I mean, there's so much of IndyCar. You need immense talent to compete in IndyCar. And the IndyCar field is is the deepest in terms of talent that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and yet, even with all the talent in the world, you still need a darn bit of good bit of luck as well. Yeah, just everything has to go. Since it's so competitive now, everything has to go to plan. And everybody has to do their job properly in order for, you know, your car to have the shot to win. Because if it ain't, if it ain't for that, like the driver's not going to do himself. 
the team strategist isn't going to do it himself. It takes a, a full team of people to get it to get it done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And you've had a, a really interesting career uh, in IndyCar, even though you're still quite young. Uh, last year, you were uh, one of the three championship contenders going into the final round at Long Beach. And then there it was again, just miserable luck put you out of contention pretty darn early. Yeah. Those are not, those aren't fun for sure. Well, that's, that's why I'm asking these questions earlier, get them out of the way. Um, the, the, the impressive part about it though, isn't that you had bad luck at Long Beach. It's that you were one of the championship contenders going into the race and that you had such a strong season with two wins and always a front runner, always a threat. And it felt like 21 was where you really just um, really got your head around IndyCar completely. I mean, how do you, how do you look back at the 21 season as a whole? Uh, really solid. Um, I think we crossed all the boxes that we wanted to cross off. We wanted to challenge for the championship, which we did. Um, obviously we, we didn't come out with, with what we wanted at the end of it, but uh, starting the year, that wasn't re- you obviously always want to win but we have to be realistic that that never really was the objective uh, but the objective was to have a shot at it when we get to the last race and and we did that for ourselves so i think there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to work from uh starting this year you're an Errol mclaren sp driver but perhaps the most important part of that is you're a mclaren driver you've been with sam schmidt's team um since 2020, I believe, correct? Um, yes, 2020. Um, what, what has it been like to see the team kind of grow from Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport into Aero McLaren SP into a majority owned by McLaren, Aero McLaren SP team? Like, how has that team changed since when you started? No, it's awesome. The, the, the team has has obviously grown a lot which i think that's the biggest thing but there's still a lot of very familiar faces um the goals are still the same you know there's just you know there, there's bigger it's just a bigger operation as a whole um but yeah i mean it, it feels feels like home yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 obviously um having someone like uh zach brown there to be able to have a conversation with that that can't hurt either right yeah i mean he's he's a great guy to have around and um <clears throat> you know someone that that truly is a fan of his of his drivers and his teams and yeah just a a great guy to to have around being with mclaren coming up for this year's indy 500 there's going to be three mclaren cars um, for you, for, uh, for Rosenquist, and then also for uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, who's kind of a legend, right? What's it like having him as a teammate coming up for the 500? Indy, you know, Formula One winner, Indy, Indy car champion, two-time Indy 500 winner. How does all that feel? It uh, feels good. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, they're all competitors to, to me. Um, but we all work super, super well together. We all, we all want to create a package that that's going to help us at the end of the day, 
win the race. Sadly, there can only be one winner. Um, but yeah, we just get along. We we flow well, which is uh, which is good to good to have in a team. Have you asked him about his career and how you know the directions he took, what he liked? Because I mean, he's raced he's raced all kinds of different formulas, well, junior formula in the United States, but also IndyCar, Formula One, and NASCAR. I mean, obviously, in addition to IMSA stuff. It, how do you relate on that level? Do you ever ask his advice? Yeah, I, I actually talk to him a, a lot. Um, and we just, we talk about, you know, the, the, the different opportunities and the different things that he's gone through in his career and, and you know, what I'm going through sometimes. And it's just a good shoulder, shoulder to lean on because he's, he's been around a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what are you looking for for this 500? How, how are you approaching it? I mean, how are you looking at qualifying pace versus race pace versus just conditioning, you know, trying to get the arrow right for the car? I mean, what is your main focus? Um, trying to get the race car as good as possible. That's going to be what's going what's gonna to allow you to win it. And that's the objective. We've been very close, especially last year. So uh, there shouldn't be another another goal for us. Yeah, absolutely. But is it is it is it arrow? I mean, is it trying to just get the arrow right, trimming the car out? Nah, it's enough? everything, man. I mean, the the car, the car. The, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. Uh, there isn't really one specific thing that oh, it has to be the arrow or oh, it has to be the dampers. Um, the whole thing has to work together in order for it to do what you want it to do. When you watch on TV, it doesn't look like much, frankly, right? It, you know, it's just like, okay, you just keep turning left. But what, what are you feeling? I mean, how much does like car balance uh, get changed throughout a stint? I mean, how different does a car feel on a full tank of fuel versus an empty tank of fuel? Things like that. The problem now is that we have the aero screen in the worst possible position in terms of uh, center of gravity. So uh, whenever, whenever this got added on, it really exposed all the issues that the car already had, which was basically plow like a truck. And, <laughs> and that's been the issue, and it's the issue for everyone. So whoever can get that understeer out as, as efficient and as good as possible is probably going to be the best in traffic. The issue is when you're in traffic, you lose hundreds of pounds of downforce. So the car will be behaving in a certain way. But as soon as you get out to clean air by yourself, that's where things get really sketchy if you have a really good car in traffic. So it's, it's a balance. It's, uh. it's, it's a constant, it's a constant uh, wave of evolution and, and trying to find what you can drive and what you can be comfortable with, but not everybody is comfortable with a car that moves around. So it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's for sure really tough. And, and that's still something that we're trying to find from last year. I mean, last year, I think we had a great car, but I think we can still make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can always, always improve, right? That's the, uh, that's a, that's where, that's where the engineers always have fun scratching their heads they just need more time. They can make it better. Um, yeah. So you've been, you've been a full-time IndyCar driver since the 2020 season, but you were tied with Red Bull in 2019. You clearly had 
an eye for Formula One at least earlier. Do you still have an eye for Formula One? Are you still looking for that long term, or are you more committed um, to IndyCar than you've ever been? I mean, I'm uh, right now. I'm focused on on my IndyCar career, but obviously, the opportunity comes to go to go to Formula One. Then, of course, I'm going to take it. But uh, there's things that have to align before that happens, and one of them is I need my super license. Um, so uh, I can't really go anywhere without that. Yeah, and and the FIA has been weird about super licenses and how much credit they want to give for IndyCar and Indy Lights and these types of things. And uh, if you want to hear some strong opinions, I have plenty of them about that. Do you think what the FIA is doing is fair or is it a little bit uh, misguided, perhaps? Uh, I've said what I had to say um, about about that, but I, I agree with every other driver on the grid. It's really unfair, especially to IndyCar. You need to understand it from their side as well. They're trying to bring people to their ladder system and not to IndyCar. So they're obviously going to be way biased to Formula 2 and Formula 3 before they even think of, of getting, getting IndyCar bumped up. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of how politics, no matter what, play a role. Huh? And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I'd certainly... Um, You've raced, you know, you're, you're racing right now, Marcus Erickson, Roman Grosjean, um, Alexander Rossi. I mean, there's, there's Formula One experience in the IndyCar field. And uh, they know. They and they know. know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they well, they well know. Um, but it's just whoever makes the calls is, is going to make the calls and you can't do anything to, you just can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do is, earn it the hardest way possible and they have no choice but to give it to you i guess yeah yeah hopefully hopefully well uh it's uh it, it's certainly it's certainly something to keep an eye out but the good news is you know just that we said earlier the indycar field is incredibly strong has great momentum and uh you've got one of the biggest races in the world coming up in the indy 500 so um it, you're obviously it, it there's worse places to call home than the indycar series Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I'm so happy here and it feels like home and, and that's what you want. At the end of the day, you, you need to be somewhere that you really enjoy being and where you like racing at and, um, and where you just feel like home and, and IndyCar does. So it's, uh, it's definitely not a, 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 a bad place to be. I, I love doing what I do. That's great to hear. Well, I just have one final question for you, uh, Pato. Um, as a Mexican driver, who 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 did you look up to as a as a as a child? Did you look up to other Mexican drivers? I mean, the the person I remember best is Adrian Fernandez, but maybe I'm just super old and you look up to guys like Sergio Perez. I mean, I, I'm just really curious. Um, honestly, I didn't really look up to one specific driver. There's a, a lot, a many of them that I really respect. In IndyCar, the guys that I that I watched was Dixon and Power, and in Formula One, it was Alonso and Hamilton. Those mm-hmm. were those were the guys that that uh, that I grew up watching and and, and really idolizing. Um, so it's 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 been really cool to be able to to drive against Fernando and um, you know know him close and yeah, it's just really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's always interesting to me 
when you look at like just who's fast and who's a good driver versus like national pride, like, oh, I want to, I want to cheer for my country or, or my countrymen, you know? But- I mean, I'll, I'll cheer for Checo as well. I mean, he's someone that I, that I respect and admire to what he's been able to do, but um, Checo was just coming into Formula One whenever I kind of like was pretty big into it. So he was definitely one of the guys where I was like, hey, you know, I'll always cheer for him because he was from Mexico. But but the guys that I that I really grew up watching um, was Hamilton and Alonso because Checo didn't go to F1 until 2012, 2011-ish. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> but, uh, well, Pato, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Good luck at the 500. Uh, good luck preparing and uh, have a good race. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Later. So cool to be able to talk with Pato and learn about his career. He's already had a great, great career, and he's so, so young still. So really looking forward to seeing what he can do at the Indy 500, what he can do for the 2022 IndyCar season, and indeed, if he ends up in a different racing series sometime in the future. Okay, this coming weekend, Formula One is heading to Spain for the Spanish Grand Prix. It'll be very interesting to see what developments different teams bring and to be at a racetrack that is very well understood by all the teams. So who's going to collect what data to learn more about their cars and get a better understanding of where their performance gaps lie? Are we going to see any shifts in the team performance? What driver is going to stand out? It's going to be really interesting to see. And before that weekend comes up, you should definitely watch my latest YouTube video. Uh, Earlier this week, I was able to post, I got a chance to drive the brand new 2023 Nissan Z. It was so fantastic to just be in a classic sports car and put a video together about it. So please do check that out. I have a link to that video in the description, as well as highlights of both the IMSA and IndyCar races. All three of those will be linked in the description for this podcast. But for now, I want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts. Please leave comments on the episode of your choice by going to funwithcars.com. As always, I can be reached at feedback at funwithcars.com. Tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars. And check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fwcars. I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye.